Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So this week, I've been going through the book of Exodus, and midweek, I was in chapter 24, and I found a, a kind of inspiring message in that. And part of the reason was, is because uh, this, the story of, the, of the, what would come to be the Israelites or the Jews uh, started as the Hebrews in slavery in Egypt, and so Moses is bringing them into the promised land. And while he's bringing them into the promised land, they stop at Mount Sinai, and Mount Sinai is where Moses is going to have the revelation, where he's going to receive the law and bring that down to the people. And in this particular chapter, you have Moses and the 70 elders, including his brother and a few other people, and they're all at the base of the mountain. And while they're at the base of the mountain, uh, two different times that the Hebrews said that yes, we will do whatever you say, you know, so they're, they're saying that whatever Moses receives from God, that they will listen and they will do whatever God asks them to do. And they said it twice, so that reinforces the understanding that the Israelites are called to be people to receive the message of God and to do what God asks. And they commit to that, that's part of the covenant. And then also, while they're at the base of the mountain, they all have a vision of God. Now, this is very unusual in the Old Testament because everyone knew at that time that if you would see God, you would die because he's so great and so holy that no mere mortal could ever be in God's presence without dying. And so it specifically says that God revealed himself in his glory and he's standing on this glass or this sapphire kind of surface, which is symbolic of God standing solidly on the sky. And, and then when they had this image, then there was also Moses that, that he goes up on the mountain at this time, but the, the people had a, a sacred meal. And so there's this combination of the message and the command of God being connected with a sacred meal and a vision of God, and then Moses going up on the mountain to receive the law. And so this must have been a very powerful time in the history of the Israelites. Now, what you may know is that after Moses goes up on the mountain, he was there for 40 days, and while he was there, God gave him the Ten Commandments, and he gave him a fuller instruction of the law. Uh, but the people down below, they lost sight of what had happened, and they went back and reverted to idol worship, and they started worshiping the golden calf. You know, so, so all that promise and, and all that God did and, and the two times that they said, yes, Lord, we're going to follow you. We're going we're gonna to listen to you. We're going to do what you ask. And then very shortly afterward, then they kind of revert back. You know, so it's kind of a lesson in our, our humanity that we can have the best of intentions, but if we're not uh, persevering and if we're not really deliberately setting our hearts and minds to the things that are most important, it's easy to kind of revert back. Now, in addition to this, when Moses is up on the mountain, he receives the instruction for a lot of the temple worship that would come, but also the worship of the Ark of the Covenant that they were going to bring through the desert. And one of the passages in there talks about 
the obligations and the responsibilities of the people. And the people have the obligation to do what God asks, yes. And then the second one is to worship on a regular basis what God asks. And then there's this, uh, this understanding of the responsibility that the people have to be able to do what is good for the well-being of the people and their faith. And there's a, a small passage in there that talks about the people's responsibility to bring the oil to be the light that would light as a sign and, and a symbol of God's presence in the Ark of the Covenant. And then ultimately it would become the light, the perpetual shining light that they would have, the candle uh, that would burn from the oil that the Israelites would bring as a sign of God's presence. Now in a, in a similar way we have that too. You know, our sanctuary lamp is a reflection of that, that it's a sign of God's continual presence of Jesus, who is divine, that exists uh, in the Eucharist. And so we, we symbolize that as well with that light that we have, the sanctuary lamp. You know, but all this goes back to those early days of the Exodus. And when we're looking at this parable, the reason why I, I brought up that about Moses is that, that you have this understanding of oil, and the Israelites needed to bring that oil. That was their responsibility. And in a similar way, uh, the people of God need to bring their oil. And this is uh, part of this description that we have in Jesus' parable. Now, to give you a little bit of a backdrop, uh, because it seems a little strange when we hear this, you know, that there are these, you know, five wise virgin, virgins and then the five ones that aren't wise and some had oil and some didn't. Well, just to give a little backdrop, whenever there was a wedding, the first thing that would happen is that the groom would go to the bride's family and they would celebrate there for about a week. And they would have feasts and celebrations. And then afterwards, the bride and the groom, after being married there, would come back to the groom's household and they would have a great marriage celebration in his house and with his family and with all the servants. And so it says the five virgins, but it's just kind of the maidens, you know, the, the young people and these uh, they would, their job is to wait and be ready so that when the bride and the groom come back home that they're celebrated and they're welcomed back so that they can celebrate the wedding that just took place. And the reason why some had extra oil and some didn't is because we get the mindset that these lamps that they would have had are these big lanterns, but that's not what they were. They were small little hand lamps and uh, the oil would only last for a couple hours or so and so they needed to have flasks of additional oil to keep refilling so that the lamps wouldn't go out. And so this is the image that Jesus is using. Of course, we know that the, the bride and the groom is when Jesus comes back and he, he, he has that new heavens and the new earth and he celebrates uh, his greatness with his people and offers them the gift of eternal life. And so all that is brought into this, this wedding feast that Jesus, that Jesus is referring to. But the people with the lamps... The, the five wise and the five foolish are symbolic of the people, you know, God's people, that it can be easy for us to have the best of intentions but not have that oil. And so you can say, well, okay, what is the oil? What does that refer to? Well, the, the easy answer to that would be holiness. And sometimes you'll hear that in a lot of spiritual works. They'll talk about that oil being holiness or grace. Um, but I kind of find that a little vague. Because, for example, when I hear the word holiness, usually what I think is someone who's just kind of doing nothing but praying and his or her eyes are toward heaven and you just kind of see it as a radiating feeling or something like that. 
Um, but we have a bit of an understanding of what that holiness is when we look back at what the Israelites were being asked to do as well. And we can say, okay, well, this is what holiness looks like. So the first one is doing what God asks. So remember, the Israelites, they said, yes, we'll do whatever you ask. You know, that that was their promise. Twice they said that. Well, when we do our creed, when we do our baptismal promises, we are saying, yes, Lord, Jesus, I will follow you. I will listen to your commands, and I will put them into practice in my life. So that's, that's a, a basic um, ingredient that we need if we want to be holy, that we have to listen to God and to especially listen to the gospel and, and then to live it, you know, to put that into practice. And so we affirm that, okay, yes, Lord, we want to listen to you and to put your teachings into practice in our life. Okay, so that's holiness. Now, the next one is worship, because just as they had that sacred meal at the base of Mount Sinai, in a similar way, God commands us to worship. He doesn't do it for his sake. He does it for our sake, so that we can be constantly connected to our God. And as we worship, for example, we have the sacred meal as well. It's, it's in the Eucharist, and we have the teaching of our Lord that comes with it and the Word of God. And we lift our hearts and our minds to the greatness and the glory of God, and He reveals Himself just, just as God revealed Himself uh, to the Israelites. He reveals Himself to us in the Word of God and in the Eucharist. And so it's a similar thing in a way. So holiness is wrapped up in our obligation to worship. But it's not an obligation like a, a duty that we just have to kind of, you know, grin and bear it and move forward, but it's something that, that's life-giving and, and liberating and, and really gives us that connection with our God that helps keep us where we need to be in our relationship with Him and one another. Now, the, the third part is like that oil that all the Israelites had to bring and, and to keep that sanctuary lamp going. Well, I think that's a great symbol of our duty and obligation uh, to do our part when it comes to the church and the, the faith in general and our ability to, to, uh, to do what is good for the sake of others, you know, that we have an obligation. We can't just say like five of the, the virgins in there that didn't have the oil, they were trying to just say, oh, just give us your oil, you know, and that's easy to do. We can say, you know, oh, that's someone else's job. You know, I don't have to sustain the church. I don't have to do anything. Uh, I don't have to show any responsibility for people who don't know Christ and need to know him. We can, we can get a little isolated. And I think God is asking us to take responsibility for our role as baptized members of the faith and to put that into practice in the way that we live out our faith in a very natural and real way. You know, so those three things together, I think really are a great description of what it is to be holy to the sense that we have that oil always with us and ready so that when the Lord comes, we have that great celebration that He wants us all to have. Because if, if we don't, then it's easy for us to backslide and then just kind of revert back. And, and it's as if our faith doesn't really have any significance. You know, and as, as we know, anything that's really worthwhile takes some deliberate uh, sacrifice and a certain sort of a certain sort of, of energy and, and, and thought and deliberation that goes into that. So, as we look at this parable and the connection that I was trying to bring about with that oil, hopefully this week we can think about those three things and, and think where we are and where our Lord is calling us to be. Um, the first might be, you know, how well are we listening to the things of our God? You know, are, are we reading the scriptures enough to know even what God asks us to do? Uh, do, we, do we know what the catechism teaches? Do we know what the church teaches? And if not, you know, it's all accessible. We have that uh, 
uh, we have that ability to go in and to read that and to learn and, and, and to just listen to the words of our God and, and, and say, okay, I really do want to listen to you and to do everything that you ask me to do. So I think that's one thing that we can look at. How are we when it comes to that in our lives? And then the second one, when it comes to our worship, you know, our spiritual lives, you know, are we going to Mass regularly? Are we praying? Are we doing the, the spiritual things that really refresh us and, and bring us and keep us connected to our God? You know, well, we can evaluate that and see where we're at with that. And then the last one is just, you know, how are we when it comes to taking responsibility for our faith? Uh, do we think that maybe we could just rely on others to do things that maybe we have a calling to do? Um, well, if not, then maybe it's a good idea to be able to challenge ourselves a little bit. Um, those three things together, I think, really do uh, speak a lot about how we can never run out of oil, but always be connected to our God and be ready to greet Him, because ultimately we do want to be the ones that He invites into His heavenly kingdom, and we have that great share in His love and His mercy and, and in that great gift of life that He gives us all. And so let's just think about some of those things in this next week. And as we do, also ask that the Lord give us the strength to be able to persevere so that we'll always be ready when He comes. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.